Who cares? It's a podcast. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Brian Singer. Double feature. Good evening. Brain the size of a what, Damien? Brain the size of a what? A planet. Brain the size I, of a I brain. And you're making me do this. <laughs> uh, Damien, what, what do you think about uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by everybody's favourite dead author, Douglas Adams? <laughs> Sorry, you, 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 you fudged that. You might have to do another read. You know full well it's Douglas. By the douge, by, by the man himself, Douglas Adams, who... Uh, Famously wrote The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when he was about 14 and, uh, you know, became (laughs) incredibly, you know, he wrote it very young and he became incredibly famous because of it. And then I think grew to resent it incredibly. Really? I had no idea about that. In uh, So Long and Thanks for All the Fish, where he says, Arthur Dent went to bed and he had a good night's sleep and then he woke up. Then Douglas Adams writes, If I was a hack... I would write that Arthur Arthur Dent went to bed and then he got up three times in the middle of the night and it was very cold in the bathroom and he couldn't get back to sleep and this and this and this. And he explains what he would do if he was a hack. And the the reason is is because uh, Douglas Adams, and I'm not really doing him a disservice here, he fucking hated writing. <laughs> uh, and I think the guy had fantastic ideas, but you can tell he hated writing. Not in not in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but in the books he had to do afterwards. I mean, it's just oh, I I, I feel for him. It isn't even like you hack Douglas Adams. It's like oh, you poor man. Because uh, read reading them, it's 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 weird. It's it's watching somebody descend. I, I got through the first two, but, but I... Damien, I, this is the Poetry Club. What are you doing on the, on the Poetry Club <laughs> podcast? Um, um, uh, so, well, yeah, were you going to go or was was I going to try and fail miserably? Turn. That's what this podcast needs. It needs both of us saying, blah, 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 blah. It's your turn to go. <laughs> well, in response to your blah, 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 I blah, 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 blah. Well, I... We, your uh, turn. We, we were talking off off air and uh, about how fucking shattered I am and really fucking not pumped to do this. And you know, you you say you know you you offer that that format uh, as a joke, but for me that is that is that is really enticing because I know I can do that right now. <laughs> well, that's the April Fools episode where it is an hour of us literally going blah 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 because we were going to film ourselves playing worms and going oh shit but that's that that takes effort wow you can really (laughs) really get the roll on the shit there shit (laughs) oh shit well we workshopped that for hours you know we we got it down we got it down pat oh why did i never press the record button (laughs) but yes i think that um Douglas Adams is someone who had great ideas and ended up accidentally writing this uh, much beloved book uh, that people wanted more and more of. Uh, and you know, he—I'm not saying that the the stuff he wrote after the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, all the sequels—I'm not saying that they're dreadful. I do remember they become more and more mm, not padded because just they be- he becomes more indifferent to them. I think. Maybe maybe indifference is the wrong word. I don't know. He just doesn't want to write them anymore. 
more and more, <laughs> more and more, because you've got you've got the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and it's this diamond of genuine British eccentricity and funniness. And then the restaurant at the end of the universe is like that, but it's a bit diluted. And then you get to the point where you get mostly harmless, which is the fifth book, and it's it's almost like it's a a, a completely different novel, but it happens to use some of the same words. Um, that kind of that that makes sense. I mean, as I was I was saying, I have I think I read the first two books, and I I will have read them once. I'm not a okay. not a widely read person, but. Um, you know, it was one of the few books I, I, I showed interest in, in reading because I'd watched the TV show prior. Um, there was an adaptation, I believe, the 80s, which I really, yep. really, really, really loved. I really loved that as well. And, uh, I'm, I, you know, I remember it now and I remember the fucking walls of the spaceship wobbling because they were made out of cardboard uh, and stuff like that. But it was great. The, the, the Beeblebrock's head was fucking superb. I remember getting the DVD. At least uh, they did it. At least they did it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The and Beeblebrock's the, head and it's like... My God, you didn't even let the papier-mâché set. Yeah, it's not... Yeah, so I had this DVD that had special features, right? And one of them, it talks about, like, the special effects. It had what? It had had, had what features? Double feature. (laughs) Special features. One day I'm going to make a documentary about Brian Singer, and it's going to bring down Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) You... You have to explain what's going on there, because I, I, I might have missed the boat on whatever this little jingle is. Am I expected to know? Should I be hanging my head in shame? It's the it's the jingle from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, fucking hell. That's, I haven't seen that in fucking years. I, don't, I, don't, I, I can't be expected to remember that. Brian Singer has no connection to it. Uh, I'm just... Um, I don't know. I, I, his name fit, and I just like saying the names of... Well, I suppose people who pay young... Look. <laughs> out loud it's just, it's just funny <laughs> Kevin Spacey he didn't pay he so didn't, he didn't pay for anything no Brian, Brian Singer did nothing wrong I mean mor- you know morally yeah um, well I mean I, I, coercion look there there, 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 there was he didn't some... grab anybody's front bottom did he there was there was an exchange, right? So these people were complicit. There was some degree of consensuality. You see, he can't be brought to bear on the same level as Mr. Spacey I think is what we're trying to say is that what we're trying to say? I think that's what we're trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. Anyway, there were special features on this DVD. I, uh, mm, mm, I, <laughs> <laughs> fuck it, I won't bother. <laughs> Type Brian Singer into Google. Brian right, Singer Wikipedia. It. Brian Singer IMDb. And then the, the next three are Brian Singer's sexual assault timeline. That comes twice. And then Brian Singer's teen ex-lover reveals life in director's orbit. And then Brian Singer, X-Men director, because this is where all of this happened on the X-Men, is accused of sexual assault. Uh, let me just fucking, you know, let me stop beating around the bush. We, we mentioned Brian Singer before. Brian Singer has a lot of fucking baggage, but I don't know anything about him assaulting anyone. Could have happened. I hope it didn't happen. Could have happened. But I've heard from so many people about the shit he gets up to. <laughs> not, that, not that it's illegal necessarily, you know, but I guess what I'm saying is is... If you're 50 years old and you say to someone who's 20, I can help you in the in the very competitive industry you're trying to enter if you suck my cock. I think what I'm saying is I don't think that that is illegal and I don't think that you can really legislate to stop that happening. Uh, but I think it's I think it's grim. OK. I, 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 I and Brian really Singer will. did that. 
I mean, I can't prove it. <laughs> I love how you follow that up immediately. Can't prove it, but... But come on. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not saying he definitely did, but he did. Oh, man, he had massive orgies. And he's married to a woman. Are you sure? You, you said, you know, there was a Michelle, but maybe that's just a, a fruity a pronunciation. French yeah, thank God he's married to Michelle. Michelle's the one who keeps him in line. Michelle's like, no, Brian, you cannot be bending over any young boys. We have logs to chop. <laughs> Betwixt our cheeks. Uh. Is he married? Is he married? Tell me, Wikipedia, is he married? It's... Oh, you fucking... <laughs> I'm enjoying this. This is a real descent into madness here. <laughs> yeah. you're, starting to, you're starting to have a real crisis here. It's absolutely fascinating to listen to. I just think that the description on Wikipedia is amazing. I'll read it out in a minute. I just want to find out if he is married first. Verify your sources, of course, naturally. This is, you know, quality journalism. Okay, so Michelle Clooney. Okay, so it says on Wikipedia, Brian Singer's partner from 2014 is Michelle Clooney. All right? I assume she's Martin Clooney's younger, <laughs> less talented, and also spelt differently in the name uh, sister. It says here... In the Michelle Clooney Wikipedia, Clooney gave birth to Dashiell Julius William Clooney Singer. The child's oh. father is Brian Singer, her close friend. I don't know. Do you think? Do you need to put that? Sorry. I don't think I've ever read on somebody's Wikipedia page that so, you know somebody's child's father is their close friend. This whole area is a minefield. Brian Singer has said that he is openly sexual, and he's said in the past that growing up Jewish and uh, in a sexual minority has influenced his movies. Influenced to the point, Damien, where he surrounds himself with sexually available men. So special features, right? <laughs> I mean, this is such an anti-climax. I really don't want to fucking bother. What? So, what do you mean? Oh, the, the, the thing that I was trying to slog through, we're talking about Zayful Beeble Rocks, a TV show. On this DVD, they had special features, and it had like this kind of subcategory, and it was talking about all like uh, the special effects and like the art design in it. And they were broken up into these obviously little bits. And one was just uh, just for the the head of Zayful Beeble Rocks. And these guys are talking about it, and they explained what was in the head. You know, there was some kind of, you know, the. There were actual mechanisms in it, and they were kind of remote control. But they were all defunct. You have these engineers, and they were talking about it with like the utmost fucking affection. They they were really proud of it. I thought it was completely inanimate. Well, they talk about it it was capable of this, this, and this. And I I remember watching it going, all right, okay, because I don't remember seeing that. And then... You see, the head like does it does it doesn't it does it doesn't it it speaks like once yeah. when you meet him on the ship, and then he just says go back to sleep, and that's him <laughs> that head for the rest of the fucking show. <laughs> what they should have done though is they should have made it so it it went completely to sleep, and it was on a like a latex neck, so it's just, no matter where he goes, it's just like lolloping around everywhere, <laughs> like it's always hitting him in the face and stuff. It's and because it, it's latex as well, it gets really long. It gets to the point where it's just like hanging down by his nipple. With each, you know, pr- preceding episode, they fill it up with more water. <laughs> it gets to the point where he can't. He has to, he has to walk like sideways through doors because he's so fat. <laughs> he's there like shuffling it in front of him on a wheelbarrow. 
Well, I, for some reason, <laughs> now I've got Brian Singer in my head. I thought, for some reason, I thought I would like to make a biopic about Kirk Douglas one day and really get across why he was so attractive back in his day. You could have a silhouette of him. So it's just Kirk Douglas's silhouette, and it could be, ooh, Mr. Douglas. Silhouette turns into, you can see everything on him. You can see his amazing double chin. And as soon as you see his double chin, well, not his double chin, his what chin dimple. His chin dimple. His chimple. As soon as, you see, as soon as you see his chimple, as soon as you see his chimple, uh, the chorus kicks in with, ooh, special features. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real tight close-up of just the chin. But now I'm thinking it should have been that for the fucking um, Hitchhiker's movie, and it should have been Zayford Beeblebrox. Ooh, two heads. Because <laughs> it's the most underwhelming thing in both the TV show and the movie. Like they should have written it out. It worked in the book because it's a book. But someone should have said, um, uh, by the way, I wanted to ask you, Mr. Producer, this TV show we're doing, does it have a massive budget or is it a really cheap, flimsy piece of shit? Oh, it is. Then maybe we shouldn't have two heads on this person. Do, do you know what I mean? It was a bad idea, right? Uh, on, on yes, yes, yes and no. I don't know. I mean, it's uh, when, I, when I watched it, it was kind of part of the charm, really. Um, okay, all right, all right, fair enough. I, I know that they were talking about changing it so it was like a head in his pocket or something oh really like okay. a, they were they were talking about for the tv show they were talking about changing it so that it could be a disembodied thing so he could take the head out and that would be easier to do okay that's interesting well i remember what the, the movie that they did the movie they did it wrong as well yeah they it, kind of his head would like snap back like a head a pez dispenser and like another one would emerge or something like that i seem to remember i might have that wrong no oh, that, that, that was that, really that's, lame. that's right and that's one of the ideas they they toyed with for the tv show i think right okay was doing it like that where it's one head on top of the other no I, I i'm just saying that i think they should have just gotten rid of it or well the movie they could have done it but i never th- i never thought in the book it really added anything anyway it was just like this is wacky and zaphod beeblebrox has two heads and it doesn't really matter because it's a book and you're not kind of constantly reminded that this person has two heads like zaphod beeblebrox i wouldn't I mean, he, he's a he's a nut job, right? This this sort of rock star figure. I wouldn't really kind of the head that I you know that kind of like charmingly bad design. After the, these guys talked with it with kind of respect, you know, affection and pride. I don't know. It kind of it soured it considerably, particularly that first that you know his entrance and the you, you know, they they animate it just a little bit and it's trying to talk and it's got this kind of dullard voice and uh, I don't know. It's like, yeah, we, we fucking nailed it. Let's go back to sleep. <laughs> Let's go back to sleep. Yes, that's good enough. Oh. Well, I mean, were they... So they didn't acknowledge that it was, you know, a, a barely functioning piece of cardboard then. I don't know. I, I guess these guys were really, really trying hard and they were just, like, dying a death on the inside really when it just wasn't happening but i really do think they they poured 
so much into it and they had much bigger ideas that they, they just weren't feasible like they got to the fucking set and they fucking put it in front of the camera for the first time all right here all right it's go time people okay you got you, you got your little you, you got your you got the control all right you've got the cues all right here we go here we go and it just fucking does nothing remotely fucking useful what they should it's have like, done all right cut re- <laughs> yeah right well what they should have done for the film is they should have come out with this film and said um you know, we didn't. We got a lot of unknowns to be in this, which which they did, apart from Martin Freeman. They should have said, but they should have said rather than we got a lot of unknowns because it's a piece of shit and we don't care about the movie, which which is what happened. I think the movie's crap. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm on the same page. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But, but they should have said we 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 got a lot of unknowns and we we did it cheap because uh, the biggest. This is the only film where the biggest uh, the biggest department wasn't cgi it wasn't the camera crew it wasn't we weren't paying the actors as much as we were play, paying rob patin we got him back just for this just to do the head and ju- and we gave him like 80 million dollars oh, and fuck it, yeah. every fucking scene it should have been a different head <laughs> but it was like growing out the eye sockets oh and it's all it's, it's all practical yeah um what do you what do you think about the movie from a few years back Obviously, well, well, obviously we said it was shit. So okay, let's move yeah, on. Well, so they say a few years back. Well, it's got to be over a decade at this point. Um, oh yeah, I would say so. Yeah, it's got to be. I can't remember. Let me just have a quick look. <laughs> Maybe one of us should look it up. Nah, nah, fuck it. I mean, it, it, I don't suppose the actual year is really, uh, really relevant. I'm, I'm kind of just curious. I've got point. four tabs open, and they're all about Brian Singer. Two thousand five. Okay. Um, I again, I don't. I remember kind of fuck all about it. The only thing that I really remember is that the ending was just so fucking out of whack from whatever the well, I the know book that, and the TV yeah. show was. It's like, what on earth was going on here? I think a problem with the with the book. Well, clearly, you know, going back to Douglas Adams, and I'm not I'm not trying to belittle him or anything because I do think he was, you know, ex- extremely creative. But I, I, like I said, I don't think he really enjoyed writing, and the book doesn't really have. It doesn't really have a story apart from Arthur Dent has to get out of Earth. Once that's happened, it's it's more just, and then this happened, and this happened, and ooh, the galaxy works like this, and it's kind of interesting just for that. Um, but I couldn't, I, you know, I've read all of the all of the other books that came after that, which follow Arthur Dent, and I couldn't tell you anything that happens other than he gets dragged along for the ride. <laughs> and well, he's kind of bemused the whole time. He's in a, he's yeah, and he's in a uh, a dressing gown. Yeah, that's that's kind of it. And um, and uh, well, I, I, again, I couldn't fucking tell you. I've all seen this like twelve, thirteen years ago, really. And I never felt the uh, need to ever see it again. I well, I I watched some of it before doing this, and um, Ooh, prep, yeah, very some, good. Some of it. I mean, I was doing other things. You know, well, I mean, uh, but. One thing you might have forgotten was Stephen Fry is the voice of the book. I had forgotten that. Yeah. And I just... Uh, that, tell, that tells you everything. What that tells me immediately is that this was made to be a British, eccentric, Monty Python-esque, aren't we wacky, aren't we quaint film. And, and the original book was never that. It was it was all of those things, but that that was because 
that's who Douglas Adams was and because that's the way he wrote it. Whereas the the book, the, the film is really trying to be very British. Uh, and I can't watch it without kind of putting my hands over my face and thinking, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, right? It's like if I was Italian and they'd made an Italian film and it was all like, hey, Giuseppe, what the hell are you doing over there? Ah, what are you doing? I'm eating here. It's like that to me. It's just like fucking hell. And and I think that, you know, I think Bill, Bill, Bill sorry, Bill Nighy, Bill, Bill, Bill. I think that Stephen. <laughs> I think that Stephen Fry. The choice of Stephen Fry. Like it's not like I dislike Stephen Fry or anything. I just think that they chose him because he's a a very recognisable and and beloved. His voice is very recognisable, and he is much loved by people. But it wasn't the right voice. The voice in the original TV show, this kind of this voice that had a bit of dirt on it, was the mm. right voice. It, it yeah. needed, needed to be the voice of an older, older but also sort of smoky man. You know, it needed to be a tiny bit sort of like, ah, I told you. I know the movie definitely suffered from the fact, I think a lot of the, not not 100% the casting in the, in the TV show, but a lot of it was was, was kind of perfect. I really, yeah. um, really, really liked Simon Jones. Um, yeah. But I remember Pete, the, Peter Jones in particular, the voice of the book, I thought was... Peter was Jones was kind, perfect. Was, was absolutely perfect. It's one of those things that... The, but they absolutely made it for me, and you're kind of on the back foot, really, because you can't. Yeah, you can. I don't, yeah, you can, it's difficult to kind of replicate something like that, or you know, or you face with the question, of, do you? But I think they were trying to. They tried to replicate the wrong aspects of it, as I think is. What I'm I think they yeah. were trying to uh, replicate the wrong aspects of it, which is what I think you were trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, what do you think that they should have tried to replicate then? Because I understand why they why they made it sort of super, super. Oh, we drink tea in the face of mortal destruction. I get why they made it like that because it's obvious. But what what should they have done? Ah, uh, well, I mean, made it I, funny, made it funny, made it not shit. But I I would just would I would have dispensed with the whole project entirely. I'd have I killed mean, myself. Well, I I really liked um, the TV show. I didn't kind of need. Uh, any any more if i if i needed kind of more of it i would just kind of watch it again really um i haven't seen it in years and i i i'd be very surprised if it didn't deliver if i watched it again yeah and i definitely didn't need a you know a, a modern movie adaptation it's yeah a very clinical fucking adaptation it's Fuck a very that. it's a very clinical adaptation i think clinical is a good word I don't know. It's, it's, it's designed to, I, I guess, appease fans to a degree, but then it obviously has to kind of play outside of England as well. So you've got Moss Def in there for some fucking reason, and uh, was it Zoe Deschanel for some fucking reason, and Bill Nighy <sighs> for some fucking reason. Yeah. yeah, and John John Malkovich. You know, if you're going to get John Malkovich, oh, John, John Malkovich is Malkovich the only. Uh, I can't remember. Let's have a. Let's, let me get that back. I keep fucking. I'm making the mistake of shutting the page down. I've had enough of this. He's Homakavula. I'd sooner watch Con Air than fucking The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy from 2005. You say that like kind of be, like, begrudgingly. Well, like, like Con Air is a bad thing. Yeah, I've, I'd fucking. I would chow down on Con Air right now. I'd stub okay. it up. I'd shove it up my ass. <laughs> if I had to shove a film up my ass, it would be Con Air. Do you know that John Malkovich has never seen Con Air? Oh, really? Yeah, he refuses to watch it. 
Everywhere he everywhere he goes, fucking Nick Cage is coming up to him. He's like, "Hey, John, have you seen our film?" <laughs> like, he said, "Hey, John, that was almost like a possible impression, but your follow up just sounds like you're from Yorkshire." <laughs> have you seen our film? Have you seen our film? <laughs> I was wondering if you wanted to change faces. <laughs> Because that's all Nick Cage does these days. He just jumps on people, jumps on people's chests, and, and tries to peel their fucking skin off. Well, I, I mean, anything else though that you think that they should have done differently? I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. We, you know, we we say that they didn't do it very well, but oh yes, I, I, I've forgotten that when we when we first pitched this podcast, it was going to be how do we improve these movies? I don't suppose we've ever done that. I'm pretty sure it wasn't that, was it? I'm pretty sure it was just. Like we'll we'll talk about a movie that doesn't exist. Like we're gonna make it, wasn't it? I don't know. Who cares? I mean, I'm pretty sure there fucking was no premise to this podcast. It was, it was like we're you know we're gonna have a tiny pretense like everyone else has, but really it's just us talking shit, and you will fucking like it or you will not listen to it. Is that understood? But, but of course, please do like, comment, and subscribe, and oh, check no, out our don't Patreon bother. page. Don't bother. Don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do you know what as well? Uh it doesn't make the film bad or anything, but uh I I knew someone who worked with Bill Nighy once or on on something he was doing and they told me that Bill Nighy is $250,000 a week no matter what the project is, no matter what. And you can call call up his agent and say, "Well, we you know, we're making uh we're making a remake of The Matrix and it's going to make a billion dollars and we can't pay him 250 grand now. We can only pay him 240, but once the film's complete, we'll give him 100 million dollars. No, 250 grand every week no matter what." Right? And I can't watch anything with Bill Nighy without thinking 250 grand, 250 grand, 250 grand. Hack. 250 grand, 250 grand, 250 grand. Hack. Can't act. 250 grand, 250 yeah, I, grand. Yeah, I, I, you you told me that years ago and yeah, I I can't I'd always kind of thought exactly the same fucking thing. What on earth are these people fucking paying for? I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, why he has that kind of that that kind of clout. How how on earth do you get to a point where you can simply demand that and people fucking knuckle knuckle under it? Yeah. This is like it's, listen, it's, listen. It's like, Bill, it has to be two hundred fifty grand. Fuck off. Absolutely but, fuck off. No way. I uh, but uh, let's just leave you know the idea of kind of Bill Nighy behind. What, it's slarty Bartfast. Just get anyone. Just get anyone. It doesn't matter. I mean, he didn't act well. He what? He didn't bring anything to Slarty Bartfast. You know, he and he and he's a fucking old. The the character is he's an old guy who, you know, he's kind of out of it a bit. Anyone can do that. And no one's gonna mm. go to the. No one's gonna go to the cinema and come out and be like, "That was really good." I will definitely go and see a sequel. Except. They got an unknown actor to do Slarty Bartfast. What's that about? They should have clearly got Bill Nighy. It was perfect. For them. <laughs> that was a role that was screaming for fucking two two hundred fifty thousand pounds worth of polish. I don't know. I, I I imagine he would have squeezed two weeks out of it. Oh yeah, but in by that you mean like fucking seven days of seven days and like twelve hours worth of fucking work, right? Uh, how long would it, as soon it as take it to-, to do that? A couple of days, really. <laughs> it, it all looked lazy like the, none of it was visual but that 
you know, you can you can say that of, uh, any, of any of any of his uh, performances. Really, he just kind of stands there shambling. I didn't mean him. I meant the film. <laughs> oh, so did you? We're just talking. We're, yeah. Uh, my favourite film is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He is a film about a group of people who have to leave the Earth. No, yeah. I've, we I've should, we to... should refer to films like they're battleships. <laughs> like, oh, she she was doing fine, but then she hit the third act, and pff, Damien, she went under faster than the Titanic. She was taken on water before we'd even started. I saw the I saw the word Bill. I saw the word Nike. I knew that this ship was going to capsize. I think there should be some choice sound design uh, in, in the show. If, a nice little bit of like Clint Mansell, just ever so, you know, a nice bit of Clint Mansell, ever so slightly in the background, but slowly kind of amping up as as the show progresses, as, as you seem to descend further and further into madness. Double feature. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly taking on board anything that I'm saying right now. I may as well not be fucking here. <laughs> well, that's the formula. You know, I mean, be that as it may, I do. I have every fear that after you know we finish this, you're still gonna be in your little going. corner, just going two hundred fifty grand, two hundred fifty grand, two hundred fifty week. Helen Mirren is voice of deep thought. You die, you hasn't heard of. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think that that there was an opportunity here for interesting casting, and. Uh, Zooey Deschanel. <laughs> Zooey. Zooey. <laughs> hey, we've had a burn, Damien. I know what I fucking like. I like animal enclosures. What <laughs> shall we name our kid? Zooey. Agreed. How many children do you have to have before you get down to moss as a name for kids? Like... <laughs> I was thinking we could call our baby Sebastian. Listen, we've got four kids and they've all got three syllables in their names. How about Moss? How about Er? Uh? How about Oi? <laughs> How about Shit Lips? Too long. Too long. Just shit. Or lips. Fuck. But not How about fuck? <laughs> How about fuck? Uh, well, go away or piss off. They're the names <laughs> of the kids. So Fuckface is definitely out of the running. In fairness to Moss Def, that's not his real name. His real name is Moss Highly Definition. <laughs> Moss 4.6K. <laughs> it's not 4K, it's 4.6K. That extra sensor gives me a lot of fucking move around. Yeah, that's that's worth, you know, the, the, the fucking two grand alone. Extra two grand. Bringing you up to 250 grand. Do you have any recollection of the books at all? I mean, did you enjoy them? Or you're not a big reader, I know, but did you? Do you have any? Do you remember them? I I, I remember. I used to read at school like, during some of our mm-hmm. fucking shitty English lessons where we were just like, "Here's an hour of silent reading, you bastards." I'll do my nails. <laughs> I mean, well, the, yeah, the, the teacher basically. Yeah. Um, the teacher breaks and, out a copy of Hello. Yeah, that's, that was exactly it. But there'll be. Um, I'd obviously, you know, my experience was with the uh, TV show first and foremost. So there were certain passages that were obviously lifted straight from the book, and I enjoyed those the most because obviously, as I'm slogging through, I can hear it, you know, exactly in um, Peter Jones's voice, and I just fucking chuckled to myself. I've really, really, really enjoyed that. Well, the the radio drama is even better. I've heard that. Yeah, I've that, never got around to it. That's where it starts, I think. And that's Peter Jones as well, right? 
Yes, it's all it's all red. It, you know, it's um, there's two. You know, you can buy a, someone just reading the book, but it, the actual radio drama is all the voices. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, do you know what? It's better because it just it just suits that format better. You know, it's very it's very it very much kind of centered on these voices bouncing off each other and then a jingle and then a computer says something and you can you can convey that a computer is saying it very quickly, you know, through the the medium of audio. It's just good. It's it just works really well. You know, I I I'd always said that. Um I know I have um I was given a copy, but it was on it was on cassette and at that point i never had anything to play it on and so it just kind of gathered dust i'm sure i've still got it somewhere and and i've i've never listened to it in like i I would suppose like the 15 or so years that i've had it it's almost sacrilege i suppose but yeah maybe one day yeah i mean obviously that's where it all comes from so you know i i don't know i i think it's just it's things are just usually better there aren't they before they're adapted and adapted and made to fit, you know. Oh, that was a bit of, that was a lot of scorn there. Make it fit. But like, it's, like I think, one, you know, it's one last apt. budding actor into some sort of cavity belonging to a famous director. <laughs> and it's now time for special features. We're gonna have to. We'll workshop that uh, that jingle. We'll we we'll get some prophylactics. Pro- we'll do some proper recording and production on it. So, what would your advice be, Damien, to a hitchhiker who's coming to Earth for the first time? Fuck <laughs> off! <laughs> Mind out for the crackheads. Keep your distance. They're... If you go into a cheap eatery where five people are behind the counter who all look like they could be not only related, but probably brothers, get out. (laughs) Or or at least put garlic sauce on everything. If you can see they're wearing aprons, make them turn around to check if they're actually wearing trousers. This is a real threat. Get your face right in there as well. You know, don't be afraid to give an inspection or two. (laughs) When, When prompted... Um... For rubber gloves, they are obliged to provide them. So you can you can remain hygienic during the proceedings. No matter where you go, if you're in a cheap eatery or anywhere, they will always serve chips. They will always serve fries. And if they don't, it's just a game they're playing. It just means you've got to, <laughs> got to ask again and again and again until you get them. You have to play a game of hide the chips. The reason that they never made the restaurant at the end of the universe was it... It doesn't look like it made a lot of money. Yeah, I, I think you were you were touching on that earlier, and I, I, I was going to say, yeah, I would be, I, I would not be surprised if this, you know, bombed, which I think it yeah. it does by it did by what you're telling me. Well, its budget was it says about fifty million. It made a hundred and four million at the box office. I mean, that's kind of, that's pretty crap. Um, but I, I mean, its P and A will have been what like twenty. 25 million on top of that probably because it, it did it did have quite a big marketing campaign as i seem to remember i mean the pna might have been 50 million they might have made nothing on it i could totally mm. see that okay as we've been talking about it's kind of um, been a movie that's kind of like st- stuck between two very kind of different audiences really and i'm not surprised no one really gave a shit about it yeah because i imagine a lot of people who you know knew 
the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy the first time round or the second time round, like you know, you and I, where we discovered it at you know at school. I, you know, I mean, even I wasn't that bothered about the film. And I imagine if you listened to the radio show when it came out, and then you looked at what the film was, you looked at the way they marketed it, you looked at the trailer, you'd just think, well, it looks like it's for children. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that they should have made, you know, a fucking grittier Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I guess I'm just saying what you're, you were saying and just don't do it. Just get Nolan to do it and would, really would, fucking would, siphon all joy out of it. Which, incidentally, is exactly why our pod, our podcast moved from how to make these films better to us talking utter shit. Because it became very apparent very quickly that the answer always is, don't do it. The, the, the idea is fundamentally flawed. It, it, it comes from a place completely of greed. There is, no, there is no artistic integrity to this. If there was, it wouldn't help anyway. You shouldn't have done it. That's, that's what we concluded with everything, right? Terminator Genesis. There's no way to make it good. It's a bad idea. It's shit. Don't do it. Don't do it. Rambo, a remake with a different actor. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. <laughs> Doctor Who the movie. I don't care. Well, Doctor Who the TV show. I don't fucking care either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's right come get me I've come to bargain <laughs> what's that did something unsightly drop out of your ass there I'm sorry what <laughs> the noise you were like Ugh. oh no fucking hell do you know what it is as well what is it Brian Singer <laughs> <laughs> And that kind of answers a few questions. I'm making a move. <laughs> Is that your impression? <laughs> no, that's, that's my impression of someone who's who thinks they're going to make it big because they've just let Brian Singer fuck them. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's let's take this angle. How would you have how would you have made Marvin the paranoid android? Because I thought the design was kind of bad. I thought the design in the TV show wasn't great because it clearly gave the actor very limited movements. But I thought it was much better than in the film. The film, to me, the design seemed to be the epitome of what the film was. And that is lazy, let's make it quirky because that's easy to do. Oh, he says that he says his brain is the size of a planet. We better make his head really big then. Yeah, because um, I always remember the, 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 the look on 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 the face was kind of... Well, kind of just was like aloof, I guess. I never got, I kind of got miserable from it. It was just kind of more dis... But it looks like a Japanese toy. <laughs> it it looks like a toy. It doesn't look like a fucking android. I mean, it doesn't look like a working robot is what I'm saying. You know, this is the robot they use for, you know, like, I, I guess, for, what, for like cleaning the fucking shutter doors and stuff. <laughs> they give him all this, all this like remedial shit to do, even though he's really clever. I mean, why not just make, I don't know, why not just make a, a better looking robot than this thing that clearly Warwick Davis can't keep the fucking head still. <laughs> that, yeah, that's something that I've, kind of, I've just discovered scrolling through IMDb that, yeah, he was the tiny man inside. I, I mean, why do you even need a tiny man inside? Why, why, you know, why doesn't it, it looked like it was a normal size. Why couldn't it have been entirely CG? That's how you'd fucking improve it. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah, make it completely, you know, entirely obvious that it's not actually there whatsoever. I mean, it's not just CG as well. It's it's like got three colors. <laughs> it's polygons, man. It's polygons, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, w- I watched Leprechaun the other day. Oh, tell me about that. 
stars Warwick Davis. Hang on. I, in, his, in his meatiest acting role to date. Warwick D- Davis and Jennifer Aniston in... Yeah. She's actually, she's actually pretty funny. Oh, yeah? I, I quite like Jennifer Aniston. I think she has a pretty good sense of humour, yeah. I mean, she's in that South Park episode, isn't she, from season two? I suppose so, yeah. Well, let me put it this way. She's the best thing in that. Oh, yeah? It's not Warwick Davis. <laughs> Have you ever seen anything that Warwick Davis is good in? I kind of want to say, what was it? Was it Life's Too Short? But I, 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 I wouldn't even... Te- that was terrible. Yeah. I, yeah, I was going to... He did let me finish. I was going to oh, say sorry, that. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So, even so, that was kind of, yeah. Yeah, and you know why it was terrible? Go on. Because Warwick Davis can't act. Since <laughs> <laughs> so this episode has been a who's who who just plain can't act. Bill, Stephen Bill, Fry. Bill Nye, Bill, Nye. Bill, Nye. Bill Nye, he can act. He's just a hack. All right? Steve, Stephen Fry can't act, but he's a raconteur. Warwick Davis is someone who has a niche. That's why all these people exist, right? There, there is a reason, but it's not because they're good. Fair enough. Brian Singer, Predator. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, that's how you're going to tie, tie off this episode, right? I mean, Bill Nye in particular is shit. Uh, yeah, you think that? Yeah, I, I, well... I've always, since you told me that um, that little factoid about him, I've always kind of had my, um, I've always had my backup, um, and yeah, he's always kind of had these kind of smaller roles where he just kind of stands there being fucking miserable. I've never seen him do anything interesting. I mean, when did he when did he come into prominence, and for what reason? As I've I've only he, known him as he, you he, know in kind of he, old shambling roles. He came into pro- prominence when people would say, "Oh." Um, the guy who's auditioning for the next role, I think it's, I think it's that science guy. And the, direc- the director would be like, oh, well, we'll definitely oh see Oh, my him. God. <laughs> Have you ever done any hitchhiking? Well, I mean, there's, this, there's, no, there's just no environment for it in England, right? If, if you were just kind of out there with you, you know, sticking your thumb, they'd be like, well, this is fucking England. It's tiny. Just yeah. f- fucking walk there, you lazy fuck. <laughs> it was good there's enough pub- for the Romans. <laughs> there's yeah. public transport everywhere you go. There's absolutely no excuse to- to try and get into a stranger's vehicle. You've got no money, I guess. Yeah, I think it's more of a, a European. Well, it was, wasn't it? I don't think people do it very much now, but... Yeah, I mean, you can't just stand by the fucking side of the, the motorway with your thumb out, can you? <laughs> You'd lose your fucking thumb. Exeter! I'm going to Exeter! I'm not going to Exeter. Get in, though. <laughs> it's like you're, you're slowly ambling up the M1. Someone actually, um, actually pulls up. They'd report the next day there's a 42-car pile-up when this guy climbed into, <laughs> climbed into this vehicle. Yeah, because they can't stop either. That, that, that's, the, that's the rule on British roads on the motorway. Like, you can, pick up a, you can pick up a hitchhiker on the motorway, but you can't go under four miles an hour. <laughs> you can stop, but they're going to have to like run by the, the car and throw their bag on and everything, like it's a, like it's a train. <laughs> there have been a spade of thefts on the M1 where these backpackers lose their luggage. It's got to be unsafe, right? What, trying to jump into a moving vehicle? I would say yes. Yeah, but also trying to trying to just jump into a a random vehicle, you know, like an unlicensed sort of vehicle. Oh yeah, no, I I, I would never never opt for hitchhiking. Fuck that. Or for picking up a hitchhiker. 
Yeah, that that can fuck off with a bag of dicks as well. Yeah. So I guess that's the conclusion. <laughs> fuck off. Like everything. Just don't do it. The only winning move is not to play. So the the last ever episode of this has to be war games. <laughs> it's like Damien, would you have made war games? <laughs> no. Yeah, actually seriously though, I, I watched um Ferris Bueller's Day Off uh last night. Speaking, okay. speaking of Matthew Broderick, because he was in war games, right? And uh I watched it and I thought this is a, a lot this is jolly good fun. This is a lot of fun for the time. But do you know what would make it better, Damien? Seriously. Go on. If they'd not made it. Okay. Because it's not very good. It, do you know what it is, though, Damien? Unlike every other film from the 80s, it's a fucking time capsule. I see. How do you say capsule? Do you say capsule or capsule? Why don't you let us know on comments? I definitely read the comments, and I'll be very sure to read yours. Thanks very much. See you next time. <laughs> you know there's just going to be a spate of comments where they just type out capsule. It's ab- absolutely redundant. Oh, that was the joke. Yeah, but the twist is, is they do it in three brackets. <laughs> Caps here. <laughs> uh, well, what do you want to do next time? Why don't we do Miss, Missy Doubtfire? Oh yes, we had. Yeah, you you, you floated that to me. That sounds that that that'd be good fun. It, it is fun, uh, and it's insane. I I I like Robin Williams. I think he's a a very fun comedic actor, and he's really good in it. But the the reason to watch it is it's about a psychopath. <laughs> I I have kids who who when they when they were smaller they couldn't see me because I was estranged from their mom. So I I adopted a different personality and pretended to be that person for a while. It really they weren't even my really, kids. Really fucked them up. They weren't <laughs> even my kids. This was about power. I just wanted to be right there, and the, right there in front of them. They had no idea what they were looking at. At any point, I could just. Flip the fucking switch and they'd yeah. be gone. They didn't work out that it was me for a while, but they always knew that I was a man. I was dressed as a woman, but from the very first moment, from the, the moment I walked into the house, they knew I was a man. Not their dad, but a man. That was very fucking clear. I made that clear. I'm a man I'm... dressed as a woman. <laughs> you know that's unheard. <laughs> Let me look after you. Yeah, well, all right. Thanks very much for listening. You're very welcome. No problem. Uh, See you next week, Damien. (laughs) See you next week. And Brian. Brian Singer will build a singer. See Brian fighting. Brian Singer.